Welcome to the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, John Lawson, Senior Wealth Advisor at Asante Wealth Management and Sauna Family Office. We're always looking for unique ways to educate our client families and get in touch with new clients. At Sauna Family Office, we help business owners and affluent families navigate the complexities of wealth through a variety of wealth management and family enterprise oversight services. This week on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast, we have our sleep doctor, Glenn Landry. Glenn has presented several times to our clients in the past at what we have dubbed our sleepy dinners. Each time we have done these events, they are packed to capacity, and the feedback is that his information is invaluable. Given that we can't do that these days, we thought the next best thing is to have him on as a Wealth Wisdom guest to give you an overview on just why sleep is such a big deal. Welcome, Glenn. Good to see you again. So let's dive right into this. Glenn, what fascinated you about sleep? And just how did you end up becoming one of the most preeminent authorities on sleep? You know, it's a, it's been a long journey, to be honest with you. I've been studying sleep and circadian rhythms uh, for 25 years professionally, over 25 years professionally. Um, but you could really say that it's been it's been 40 years because as a as a teen, uh, I couldn't sleep. Uh, you know, it it was just one of those things where you know I had good parents and you know was intended to be in bed at a reasonable hour, uh, and you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I'm supposed to be in bed, but I just couldn't fall asleep. And so I eventually learned that it was just a, a matter of time. My parents would fall asleep and then I would get up and, you know, I would do homework or I would do things like, you know, watch TV. My, my parents would sleep hard. Um, and so I, I just learned that that was a time when I would be awake. And it, uh, when I say that, I mean, I wouldn't fall asleep until at least 3.30, 4 o'clock on average. And then I'd have to be up in the morning uh, to, you know, at least make it look like I was ready for school when in fact, uh, you know, my parents would go off to work and then I'd just get back into bed because I'd only been sleeping for about three hours. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, as I got into high school, I was able to, you know, manage my spares and my schedule a little bit better. And then it was really the university years when I completely was able to schedule and I just wouldn't do anything before, you know, 12, 12 or one o'clock in, in the afternoon. Um, so I, I was really curious, like, why is it that I, you know, at that time, you know, people would talk about night owls, but I, I just, I had a condition called delayed sleep phase onset. Um, and it was untreated. And, you know, I didn't know there was anything I could do about it. And so that really began the study of sleep, sleep deprivation, and, and circadian rhythms in particular. And so let's just define that before we go any further. So circadian rhythms are daily biological rhythms. You can think of it as, you know, daytime physiology, biology, and behavior, and nighttime physiology, biology, and behavior. And the thing is, those, those biological processes have to be separated in time because they're incompatible. You can't have nighttime physiology during the day and expect to be a proper, uh, healthy, functioning individual. And so the issue that we really have is that we, as a society, sleep's the first thing that we sacrifice to meet the growing demands of work, family, and social life balance. And so for many of us, we're routinely changing that sleep window, that sleep schedule, 
to meet our requirements. And that's the issue is that we're turning our nights into days and our days into nights and, and it's having a profound impact on our health. And so it wasn't until, you know, my graduate work, well, actually as an undergrad, I worked in Dr. Misselberger's lab. He's a world-renowned expert on circadian rhythms and sleep, taught me everything I know about it. Um, and so that's when, you know, it was this amazing gift that I could take control of my sleep and that I understood how to manage my circadian rhythms. And from that moment on, you know, that was, that was life change number one, if you will. So that's how I got into the field. Wow. That's, uh, that's fascinating. And you, uh, you literally just grew into your, uh, your passion. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. uh, um, maybe just right off the bat, let's, uh, tell me, uh, what are the risks of poor sleep and how does sleep actually help us? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's such a huge topic. Um, I, the short I think version. The, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the thing that I, I would want to communicate to everybody listening and watching is that sleep has an impact on every aspect of human health and performance. And so if you want to be elite at anything that you've chosen for yourself in life, you need to first focus on becoming an elite sleeper. Um, because like I say, it's going to affect your ability to be your best. And so the long and the short of it is you have to address sleep health. And I mean, we're going to talk about this a little later, I'm sure. But uh, in today's, you know, environment, when we're dealing with COVID, everybody's tired of talking about COVID. But, you know, we're not doing enough to protect people's sleep and sleep is is critical. So we can we can table that for, you know, later. But I think the most important thing for people to understand is that even though you think you're getting enough sleep and you can function right now, there's, this happens all the time where, you know, my clients, I'll, I'll hear people say, well, Glenn, I'm too busy to sleep. Or I'll even hear, you know, even today, I'll hear people say, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I just don't have time for that right now. And the sad answer is you're going to get a long sleep a lot sooner than you think, because the truth is, is that what you're doing when you aren't getting your seven hours of actual sleep each night, you're borrowing from your retirement. You are accumulating a sleep debt that's, you know, increasing your risk later in life of Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular disease, dementia, uh, you name it. It's, and you're also changing your ability to be, you know, your best in the world today. So you're not only impairing your performance today, but you are borrowing from your future um, and what you're more likely to have is a, a less healthy, shorter retirement. Wow. That's, that's so impactful. And, uh, um, I've, I've told people, you know, we, we refer to you as the, uh, the sleepy doctor and, uh, we have dubbed our uh, dinners that we've had with you, uh, sleepy dinners. And, uh, every time, uh, we've, uh, uh, done one of those, the response from uh, attendees is just how impactful uh, your, uh, your teachings are and how much they learned. Um, and, and I'll even throw in a personal uh, aside here is that I actually thought I slept really well um, and until I learned that I didn't. 
And uh, part of it came through uh, uh, listening to you. Uh, and then it, uh, uh, I was actually had sleep apnea. Uh, and uh, boy, what a difference once uh, you actually get that treated. Um, I, I, I realized I wasn't sleeping anywhere near uh, like I thought I was. Big, big difference. Yeah, you're touching on a really important point there. And thanks for the kind words, by the way. Um, so the, the important point is that our, our perception of our sleep when we wake up in the morning, whether we think we've had a good sleep or a bad sleep, the truth is, is that, I mean, that's important. Don't get me wrong. Our perception of our sleep, our subjective uh, you know, experience, it matters because it does tell us something about our sleep health, but it tells us very little about the objective sleep quality. And by objective sleep quality, I'm really talking about how many hours you actually slept and more importantly, the proper sleep architecture or sleep staging. So we go through this set program, if you will, of sleep staging through the night to do all of the wonderful things that sleep does. And duration is just one piece of it. It, it you know, you could be getting eight hours, like you were saying, you could be getting eight hours of sleep, but if you're selectively depriving yourself of deep sleep and REM sleep because you have sleep apnea, then you're not, you know, getting the sleep you need. And one, one concept that I'd like to introduce, it goes a little bit beyond this, this conversation, but it's this, this idea. And what I call it is the sleep account. And what it really is, is we have a physiological process that tracks our sleep-wake history. And it also looks at the kind of day we've had. And it determines exactly the sleep staging we need to balance those books. That's why I call it the sleep accountant. So the key point there is that no two days are the same. So the kind of sleep you need differs based on what your sleep debt level is, you know, what your previous sleep-wake history was but also what kind of day you had. Did you have an incredibly stressful day? Was it a really physically taxing day? Was there a ton of new learning? Was there some trauma that you have to process during your sleep? All of these things have an impact on the sleep. And when we wake up in the morning, we really don't know whether or not we got the proper staging. That's why wearable technology like Fitbit, in particular, I use Fitbit with our, our coaching um, because I know that Fitbit does what it says it does in terms of providing us coachable data on sleep health in terms of, you know, deep sleep versus REM sleep and light sleep. So the key point is to understand that when we're sleeping, we really don't know what kind of sleep we're getting. And the, and the truth is, is that when we wake up, our experience of that sleep is more likely to do with the stage of sleep that we woke up out of rather than whether or not we got a really good night's sleep. And what I mean by that is if you wake up out of a slow wave deep sleep, you're gonna feel groggy and tired. But if you wake up out of REM, you're gonna feel alert and ready to go. Key point is it's, it's not necessarily that the, the stage that determines whether or not you had a great sleep. And it's, it's important to, you know, objectively measure that and we have the technology to do it it's just that most people don't really know what they're looking at when they look at these wearable techs right and so what uh one of the things we'll touch on later is just how you uh help people and and uh how they can go about contacting you um but what you made me think of when uh you originally talked about your 
experience and then just addressing it again about sleep quality. Often if people feel like they're not getting the proper uh, sleep quality, they turn to drugs. Does that actually work? It doesn't. It's, it's, it's a sad reality about our society. You know, one of the things we want the quick fix and, you know, you go to your doc and you want your doc to say, well, we got a pill for that. You know, like I know what's wrong and here's the pill. And that's, that's actually, that's actually doing more harm than good when it comes to sleep health. And it comes back to that notion or that idea of the sleep accountant. So let's get back into that. So when you take a sleep aid or a sleep drug or any kind of, you know, remedy that's going to help you get a better sleep, what you're doing is you're having an impact on sleep staging. So some drugs will, will actually promote one stage of sleep, like say slow wave sleep, which is really important for washing our brain. Brain's like an engine. It produces exhaust and sleep washes the brain each night so that we can start our next day well uh, you know, with, with a well-washed brain and ready to go. And so if we're taking a drug that's going to promote uh, deep sleep, slow wave sleep, it's at the same time inhibiting other stages of sleep that are important, like REM sleep, for example. REM sleep is really important for consolidation of learning and memory, processing trauma, building resilience, all of these kinds of things. And so if we, let's say we take a drug that actually promotes REM sleep, well, that's great, but then it's going to actually suppress your deep sleep. So you can't get the balance that you need by taking a drug. What you're essentially doing is handcuffing the sleep accountant. You're stopping it from being able to balance the books the way the books need to be balanced. You're selectively picking you know, one stage of sleep over others. And we now know like drugs, sleep aids, uh, 18 doses in a 365 calendar year, 365 day calendar year, 18 doses increases your all cause more mortality risk threefold. What you're doing is you're sleep depriving yourself. And so there's, you're again, borrowing from your retirement. So these, you know, these drugs and sleep aids and, you know, all of these, you know, things that we'll do they're, they're actually having a negative long-term effect. Oh, that's uh, nothing short of stunning uh, in, in terms of the facts. And that's, uh, I, again, what I find every time I listen to you, I learn something new and it makes me think about uh, uh, my own health. And, and let's face it, with, with the business that we're in, uh, that, that I'm in on the wealth management side with our family office, we do everything possible to help that family achieve their goals. And it's, a lot of it's fo- finance, uh, focused on finance, um, but it's, it's much more than that. And uh, what always I come to think of when we talk is that having wealth really doesn't do anything if you don't have health and sleep is such a huge part of that health. And uh, it's why we love having you out. Well, thank you for that. And I love how you put that. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I, I'm always trying to communicate like our objective at, at CRS is, we want to change the way people prioritize their sleep. 
because we know that in our society, we're just simply not getting the sleep we need. And again, people are borrowing from their retirement. They think they're doing well, but the, the truth is, is that they're working their butts off to you know, achieve a level of success and a, and a wealthy retirement, if you will. But as you say, without the health, you won't be enjoying the fruits of your labor. And what you're really doing is you're working for your children and the next generation, because that's where the wealth will be transferred. Uh, it's, you're shortening your lifespan and you're also taking away from your ability those the quality of life for those final years as well. Yeah. And by final years, I mean decades, right? We're talking yeah. about, you're going to see the impact of your, let's say your, your 20s to your 50s. You're going to see the impact of the way that you treated sleep health. You'll see that impact in your 60s to 90s. Wow. Well, let's let's shift a little bit, and uh, you alluded to it, but um, uh, what has the effect of COVID been on sleeping habits? What have you seen? So the studies, you know, we'll be learning about this multi-generational event for decades to come. But I think the first thing to understand, so let me... I'll address your question, but the first thing I want people to understand is that sleep plays a critical role in our immune system's response to challenges like COVID-19, right? And COVID is a novel uh, challenge and, you know, it's a particularly threatening uh, virus. But the, the thing that we're doing right now is we spend a lot of time focused on you know, PPE, personal protective equipment, and social distancing. That's essential. And of course, the vaccines, okay? But what people aren't doing is addressing their sleep health. And what I want you to understand, there's three things. The first thing is that if you're sleeping better, if you are protecting your sleep and getting it at, at least seven hours of actual healthy sleep, you're increasing your immune system's response to the virus and decreasing the chance, even if you're exposed, of actually getting COVID-19. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that if you are unlucky enough to actually get COVID, if you've been a really healthy sleeper in the weeks prior to your getting COVID-19, it's going to change your experience of it. You will have a much better recovery from COVID-19 than if you were not sleeping well. And this is consensus science. We've known this for decades. It's just that we're not doing a really good job of getting the information out. So those are the first two things I want you to understand. Now, the third thing I want you to understand is that if you are a healthy sleeper in advance of getting vaccinated, it dramatically increases the impact of that vaccination. So, you know, there's so much variability in all of these things, but the bottom line is, your response to COVID-19 will be impacted greatly by how you chose your sleep health. What you did to protect sleep health is going to have an impact. So that's the first thing. Interesting thing to answer your direct question now is that more people are spending more time at home because of COVID-19, right? Less time in restaurants, less time out with friends, and less time actually at the work site. So you would think more time at home, more time with family, you would think that this is actually going to improve quality of life and improve sleep health. And the reverse has been true. 
we see that because of stress and because of you know so many other factors sleep health is decreased people are getting less sleep than they were and a big function a big part of that is is specific to our area of expertise which is circadian regulation so circadian rhythms people are becoming more like shift workers because they get to set their own schedules in this COVID-19 world that we live in. And so that's re resulting in people becoming much more like shift workers. And it is dramatically increasing sleep related, poor sleep health and sleep related, uh, you know, dysfunction. Wow. I, it's, it's, every time you stop talking and you've just said something, I, I respond with, wow. <laughs> it, it's uh, again just fascinating information and we don't uh, you've said it a couple times um the we don't we don't learn about this and and it's not out there enough and and part of that is probably a societal thing if it's not right in front of us hitting us on the head we don't we don't pay attention to it because everything else is is such flash news uh, and that's what catches our attention but really what uh, the underlying message you're saying over and over here is this is incredibly uh, important to pay attention to. Um, and so a lot of our uh, clients are business owners. Uh, and uh, again, uh, probably no different than what the answer you just gave, um, but that, that stress that you're referring to uh, seems to have notched up dramatically, uh, specifically for business owners, but for everybody in general. Um, so anything else that you'd like to add on that side that uh, uh, would help them? I think, well, the first thing is that there's a ton of information available to people, but it's not all good information. And so you really have to consider the source. Make sure that the source of information that you trust is an expert in sleep health and in particular circadian rhythms and sleep health, right? So Glenn, it, sorry to interrupt, but are you saying that if it's on the internet, it isn't necessarily true? Shocking, I know. <laughs> so that's the first thing is really make sure that your source, you know, is a credible informed source that really knows what they're talking about. There's just a ton of misinformation out there. And I'm not saying that people are deliberately saying things um, to, to be harmful. It's just that they don't know better. And they, they you know, they, they're like, they'll say, well, I've heard that this works. So maybe we should do that. And the truth is, is that you really need to get to the actual expert, you know, consensus science. And that actually, if I could just take a moment, I know we're nearing time here, but if I could take a moment to explain a little bit more about my, my career path, because, you know, in, in the first 15 years, I, I was, you know, all focused on faculty track, becoming, you know, an academic researcher in this field. And I did that. Um, but what I discovered is that, you know, in that arena, your, your job is to publish research. That's, that's really what you're, you're doing. But in terms of actually translating that research and putting it in the hands of people that need it, the science being accessible to the public that have funded it, that, that's not part of the academic researcher's job description. And so this translation of, of science is really 
it's a gap that needed to be filled. And so that's what led to me, you know, going into, you know, full-time private practice where I work literally as a sleep coach. And when I started, people were like, is that really a thing? Sleep coaching, something that people do, you know, it was a field that was needed, but hadn't been filled. And so that that's really what I did is, is fill that gap and provide people with, you know, credible sleep science, consensus sleep science to improve people's sleep health. And now, more than at any other time, it's, it's really critical, right? I've already addressed the, the point that, you know, if you want to be a lead at anything you, you do, you got to first be an elite sleeper. I've addressed the point about COVID-19 and the fact that we absolutely must be protecting people's sleep health. But let's talk about mental health for a moment. You've just addressed something, and that is that these are incredibly stressful times. For many, many people, they've gone about their lives, they've built themselves a profession, and now, because of COVID-19, it's at risk. Or they have to adapt and you know, change the way they go about uh, making a living. For us at CRS, that was also true. I used to go and travel North America and do seminars, but that's not possible anymore. And everything I do now is Zoom-oriented. But it's, you know, I'm fortunate that we have the technology and we can adapt and, and we get the same results. You know, our coaching... Uh, clients improve their sleep health, whether we do it by Zoom session or in person. But it's still a stressful thing for many people right now. They are faced with, you know, a generational challenge. And so that stress level results in even poorer sleep health. And the point that I, I know this is long winded, but the point that I want to make here is that it's a bi-directional relationship. Your response to stressors will be improved if you protect your sleep. You will make better decisions if you protect your sleep. This is consensus science. We don't have the platform here to go into all of the science behind that, but it's consensus. We know it to be true. And the issue is that we have to address sleep health in order to start that virtuous cycle where we can get people making better decisions, feeling better, your ability to cope with stress, will improve. Pain management is another issue. When you're sleeping better and protecting your sleep, you actually have a higher pain threshold so that you can sleep better. Instead of, you know, reaching for CBD or, uh, you know, sleep aids and, and painkillers and all of these kinds of things that people are doing to try to get them the sleep they need, they're missing circadian regulation. They're missing understanding what drives sleep health and actually addressing the underlying drivers of poor sleep so that they can fix that sleep so that they can be better at everything else that they want to be better at. That's great. And it actually leads into uh, uh, what I wanted to ask you just to, to close this out. And, and that is, how do you work with clients to help them out? Uh, and just let people know, is, is it a big commitment? Is it something you have to sign up for, uh, for a life? And, uh, or, um, and just talk a little bit about your process. Uh, and then uh, how do they get a hold of you? Well, let's start with how you get a hold of us. So, you know, it's very simple. If you want to reach out directly, you can email me at Glenn at elitesleep.ca. So that's Glenn with two N's, G-L-E-N-N, at elitesleep.ca. So that's the first thing. Or you could go to our website, which is just simply elitesleep.ca. 
Uh, you'll get all the information you need to, to reach out there. Um, so that's how you reach out. And in terms of what the process is, we're, we're quite fortunate in the sense that now anybody can access our resources anywhere in the world. Uh, it, it is for English speaking because our, our programs are done in English now. Um, you know, in the future, we'd like to, to change that. Um, but the first step is to become, you know, aware of what drives your sleep health. And so we have training programs for that. Uh, and it's an online training program. We called it surviving shift work. But let me be very clear that it's for everybody. Okay. And what I mean by that is that we're all shift workers because sleep's the first thing we sacrifice to meet the growing demands of work, family, and social life balance. So typically what we do with our coaching clients is people will sign up, they'll take that training program. And for a lot of people, that's all they really needed is they, they take that training program and they learn how to become their own sleep coach. And they're able to, you know, we teach people how to use wearable technology like Fitbit to provide their objective sleep data and analyze and understand it. Uh, and so for that group, they're able to take the course. It's like Netflix, 10 lessons, takes about six and a half hours to, to get through it. So you go through that, you know, binge it if you wish, or you've got as much time as you need. Um, that's the first step. Now, for some individuals, they need an additional level of, you know, support. Uh, and so for that group, then we provide coaching by Zoom. And to answer your, your point, it's not a lifelong commitment in terms of the, the training program. We see improvements within four to six weeks. And those improvements are then sustained beyond the 12 week mark. So we do, in, you know, weekly Zoom sessions with people, but by the 12 week mark, they graduate out. They, they, they've become their own sleep coach. And, you know, we're available to people all the time. Like, you know, for as long as they need us, we're there. Once you're a client, you're really a client for life in terms of your need. But what we find is that, you know, at the 12 week mark, people are like, Glenn, thanks so much for your help. I've got this. I'm good. And we have the objective data to, to show. Yeah. You know what? you're hitting all the marks. Congratulations. And then if you need us, and I'll give you an example. We had a CEO of a, of a company that really needed our services. So took the training program, got the individual coaching. And in this case, uh, sooner than the 12 weeks, he, he graduated out at the eight week mark, felt great. But we heard back from him about a year, two years later. And what, it, what had happened, he said, you know, Glenn, could I get some coaching? And I said, absolutely. Signed him up again, uh, no additional cost, just, you know, got another um, few sessions with him. And what it had turned out is he had a car accident and that the, you know, the recovery from the car accident had an impact on his sleep health and the meds that were required and things like that. So he just needed a booster, if you will, just to get back on track. And then he was good to go. So, that's sort of the program is, you know, the first level is actually taking that, that online training program. Second level is getting some coaching. And then the final level is that you become your own coach and you're able to sustain sleep health. And maybe you just need some, you know, reminders or, or some help in the future, depending on what happens in your life. And we're always there for you. Well, that's fantastic. Glenn, 
Uh, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I think this has been uh, very, very informative. Uh, I knew it would be, as I said, I am really, really looking forward to uh, when we can have a sleepy dinner once again um, for so many reasons. I just <laughs> would like some interaction uh, uh, in group settings again, but, yes. uh, uh, but very much so just to, uh, uh, to get you in front of our uh, clients again. Um, it's, it, it's always a hit. So we really enjoy having you out. Uh, So thanks again, Glenn. Um, It is morning, but have a good night's sleep. uh, And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Take care. Big thank you again to Glenn Landry for being our guest today on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. I really do encourage anyone who has trouble sleeping or has an interest in this subject to reach out to Glenn. As you've heard, the quality of sleep affects us all in so many ways. Again, He can be reached through his website at elitesleep.ca or directly email him at glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at elitesleep.ca. Our next podcast has to do with the emerging digital currencies that are in the news daily and have made millionaires and paupers in very short order. I find most people are curious, but don't have the time or the inclination to learn about this. Should you have exposure to this new world? We'll talk about it in an easy to understand way in our next episode of Wealth Wisdom. Our goal here is to educate and engage you, our audience. If you have any topics that you would like us to dive deeper into, please let us know. As well, if I could ask you all to post a review. I'm no techie, but I'm told this really helps spread the word. So if you could, it would be very much appreciated. And for those of you who don't know the origin of the name Sauna Family Office, it stems from the meaning of Asante, which is Swahili for thank you. However, the most commonly spoken phrase in Swahili regarding Asante is Asante Sauna, which means thank you very much. This name represents our gratitude towards all the families and business owners who have chosen our team as their trusted advisory council. Until next time, Asante Sana. Hi, I'm Trevor Beggs from Sana Family Office, and thanks for listening to John Lawson and the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. Here are the necessary disclosures. Asante Capital Management is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources, However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the above, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast.